1: We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the still uh, gives us the
2: life. Live. The reality is he is all things beautiful, capital B, and so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God.
3: Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. We are so excited to be with you, to be here, to be live, to be alive on this glorious day Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. I'm Brad Gray, one of your hosts this morning. I'm joined by
4: and I'm Janine Vitson. Right. and it is. It's just a glorious morning. Mm. It's uh, you know we had Good taste Sunday yeah, yesterday, we're in pink rejoice, Sunday. rejoice, yeah, yep. and then to celebrate the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe yeah.
3: today. Yeah, oh. we just had Juan Diego last week, uh, a few days ago, and and now we got Our Lady of Guadalupe, the patroness of the Americas. Uh, it is a, it's a. I mean, we have the patroness, uh, the Immaculate Conception, the patroness of of the United States back on the 8th and now we get the patroness of the americas north and south america uh it's it's a great time for our our part of the world
4: it really is and and for the whole world because uh the miracle that happened Mm -hmm. you know in mexico with our lady guadalupe and Juan diego is pretty amazing so we're not going to talk about that today on our shows but it i would just encourage our listeners to really delve into the beautiful miracle of this feast day.
3: Right, and to talk about, I mean, to to kind of get us started, you had a great prayer from St. John Paul II to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Could you do this off of that? Yeah,
4: and the prayer is on the USCCB's website, so you can find it there. Uh, We're not going to read it in its totality, Mm -hmm. but um, let's take this second paragraph. It's so beautiful. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Mm -hmm. Mother of Mercy teacher of hidden and silent sacrifice, to you who come to meet us sinners, we dedicate on this day all our being and all our love. We also dedicate to you our life, our work, our joys, our infirmities, and our sorrows. Grant peace, justice, and prosperity to our peoples, for we entrust to your care all that we have and all that we are, Our Lady and Mother. We wish to be entirely yours and to walk with you along the way of complete faithfulness to Jesus Christ in his church. Hold us always with your loving hand. Amen. Amen. And with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen.
3: amen. Awesome. That is so beautiful, Janine. Thank you for launching us off with that, those great words and uh, the great, you know, beating of the heart of St. John Paul II. Oh, for Our amen. Lady. Yes, yes. Yeah, just, it is, it's It's a, a beautiful, beautiful reality. And, you know, she is such a sign of hope for our times because she entered into a, a society, a culture that was so depraved in many ways. I mean, just wicked with, yeah. with what they were doing and, and brought about a transformation. So, um, yeah. a great sign of hope.
4: And, and so many of the things that, uh, when she came, hmm. that were happening in Mexico are still happening in the world today mm-hmm. and even in our own country. Yeah. So, praying for Our Lady. Of Guadalupe's intercession for just the the evils in our world still today.
3: Yeah, yeah. And she brought uh, Emmanuel, the God, with us uh, as right. we celebrate this Advent season. And we are joined now by Chris and Hannah Motz from the Emmanuel Community. Good morning to you guys. Good morning.
4: Good morning. I almost wonder if Brad planned that. You no, know, no, I mean, no, no, it's no. just like the Holy Spirit. Isn't that <laughs> really? It's so beautiful. I love it. Uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for being with us. Can you start off by just telling us a little bit about yourselves?
2: Um, yeah, sure. I can introduce us a little bit. Um, and I'm sorry. I've got a bit of a, gro- a groggly voice here mm. because I'm getting over a, a cold, as I'm sure many yeah. um, out there are. Our well. family
3: keeps getting blasted with uh, that, so I'm sorry about that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I'm not going to be fun to listen to, but... Um, we are—we just celebrated our tenth anniversary and congratulations! We have five five little kids, all under under ten, obviously. Oh. Um, and uh, yeah, so busy, busy family life. Mm-hmm. Um, we met in law school in the Twin Cities, and. Neither of us actually have our, our license here in South Dakota, but both were were licensed in Minnesota mm. where we started out our family life and have been here in Sioux Falls for the last um, going on five years. So so that's kind of us in a nutshell. Wonderful. Um
3: Well, huh. uh, well I just thank you guys so much for being with us. I, I and you're, you're a part of the Emmanuel community. I'm just wondering if you could share with us a little bit what that is.
1: Yeah. The, the Emmanuel community is an international lay association of pontifical right, which is kind of a mouthful, but that's its sort of canonical status. Mm. And it's, um, it, it's, it's one of the new movements of the Church that emerged in the 20th century. And it, there are about 12,000 members around the world, uh, lay people, consecrated celibate people, and priests. Um, and in a nutshell, we're just uh, we're people that are pursuing holiness together, uh, hmm. according to some kind of concrete forms, and have a sort of a, a way of life that we try to share together to encourage one another in holiness. Hmm.
4: So, so Hannah, tell us uh, how did you first get involved with the Emmanuel community?
2: Um. Well, when we were in law school, Chris actually um, owned a condo just down the block from a parish where the, the pastor was a member of the Emanuel community. Hmm. And so he encountered the, the community through that parish. And after we were engaged, so he, he became somewhat involved with, with the community. Um, then just through his proximity um and I grew up in a different uh, a different charismatic community also Catholic in the twin Cities and so you knew when we we started dating and I saw that Chris was involved with this I just affirmed affirmed him in that in the goodness of of having a concrete way that you're living out your faith through through a community life, through mm. brothers and sisters who you're serving and, um, and and loving and having accountability with. And so I just I just said, yes, this is a good. It was a, a good for my family growing up um, and just encouraged a minute. And um, when we were engaged, we actually went on Pilgrimage to World Youth Day with with the community, so became involved um, with the community even before we were married, and then um, throughout our married life have have been walking with the community ever since. So, um, so yeah, that that was just a blessing. That proximity there.
3: Wow, that's really cool. I, I'm I gotta just step back for a moment because I'm just curious if you guys could help us. You, I think Chris, you had said it's. Um, a lay association of the faithful of the pontifical right—is that how, how did you say that again?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a public uh, association, a public lay association, okay. which just means that um, it has the blessing of the church, okay. um, and and uh, it can really hold itself out as a um, it has the blessing of the church to hold out its proposal of a of kind of this concrete path. It's hmm. like a good thing, so we can invite others into it, and um, it as Hannah kind of alluded um, it had its origins in the early 1970s in the charismatic renewal mm. and um, which f- f- many people may know sort of had this 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 spiritual dynamism that arose in the United States um, there were some French expats that experienced it and brought it back to France which is where um, most of the Eman- uh, members of the Emmanuel community live in France mm. um, and sort of grew grew up there um, and then in the early 90s received this sort of canonical sort of blessing, that, if you will, um, and is now really around the world, I think, on every continent um, outside of France. I think maybe the biggest locus of membership would, would be Rwanda, actually. Um, really? Relatively smaller in the United States.
5: Um,
1: but, yeah, and one of the interesting things, too, about the community in Rwanda, perhaps one of the reasons that it's it's really grown there. Is there's a uh, there was a, a couple that were members of the Emmanuel community in Rwanda. they were sort of well known uh, Cyprian and Daphrose Rugamba. Cyprian um, was well known as a sort of a an artist and a, uh, worked in government promoting Rwandan culture. And then it was actually both of them and many of their children were martyred in the Rwandan genocide. Mm. Um, so really witnesses of, of peace. <laughs> And adoration, um, social harmony, but anyhow,
4: mm-hmm. yeah. The what has hap- what happened in Rwanda was uh, uh, pretty pretty awful. <laughs> I remember being in Belgium, and the priest at uh, Maredsouz Abbey, he had lost his whole family to mm-hmm. the Rwanda genocide, and um, boy, it really touched the whole world in a a very profound way, and the faith. Of the people of Rwanda, are such an example to us, and in living our faith.
1: Yeah, that, that, mm-hmm. that's right, and you know, and perhaps too the you know this is the meaning of Emmanuel. God is with us, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and we know that where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, and so of course, uh, of course, people of great holiness will will sort of shine as great lights during these times of darkness and these places of of, of evil.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's Amen. beautiful, profound. Um, so, so this is an association of the faithful um, with a specific purpose. What 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 inspired the founder of the community to to create this movement? What what was the need that he was responding to or addressing?
1: Um, well, I can I can mm-hmm. answer that. It wasn't it wasn't really like an idea. So, the, there are two founders of the Emmanuel Community, Pierre Bussat and Martin Catat and it wasn't like an idea that they had. It was really a response to God's first action, to an mm. experience of God that they had. And so as I said, um, it's sort of um, through the charismatic renewal, they had some expats had come back to France from America. They were sharing with others about this experience of um, new life in the Holy Spirit and really, really encountering God as, as somebody personal, His love in a very personal way. And... Um, uh, Pierre and Martine, they they went to a retreat weekend, and they, after receiving the prayer, uh, the prayer of the brothers and sisters begging God to do something new and to help them know Him in a new way, they left this retreat weekend um, with a deep and profound encounter of one another truly as brothers and sister. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a new awareness of their baptism and what baptism does in our life to Uh, to not only make us children of God, but uh, make us brothers and sisters with one another. And so they started meeting regularly in a prayer group, um, and it just sort of multiplied. Mm. Uh, It wasn't a plan that they had, it wasn't anything they tried to do or or that they foresaw, but it just sort of, what they were doing in these weekly prayer groups um, that they they called uh, a maisonne or a household, um, they just kept multiplying, and, Mm. and they haven't stopped.
3: So they kind of just started doing something, and it became attractive to people, and, and people wanted to do it alongside them, kind of, and it just, just organically grew?
1: That, that, that's right. Um, and it very organically grew, and it's, it's the household, really, where the rubber meets the road for community life, hmm. the Emanuel community. Um, in America, we might call it more like a small group. Uh, in Emmanuel, we call it the maisonne, which is a French word for household. Okay, and it's a—it's uh, just a group that meets um, either every week or a couple times a month, and it's maybe six to twelve people. And you—you you praise. Uh, there's a sharing about one's life of prayer, where you're, where you're seeing God alive in the world and in, in your own prayer, and and how he, how He's speaking to you, what He's asking of you. You share intentions with one another and you just share
3: life with others. Mm. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're going to have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I, I want to dive more into this. And I mean, it's just such an, in, an intriguing reality because when you when you talk about a community, um, we we find ourselves more and more fractured. It seems in our times right now, and, and having a, a mm-hmm. concrete way of pulling together and and pulling together specifically in the context of of friendship and uh, a friendship that is based on god i think is just it's beautiful so i want to talk more about this we're going to take a quick break but we'll be back with more real presence live right after this
0: stay with us there's more real presence live to come on the real presence radio network Did you know you can listen to the RPR network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic with Bible Study. Some say that our age of relativism, the belief that there are
2: no absolute truths, began when the philosophers of the Enlightenment divorced reason from reality. Indeed, David Hume wrote that reason exists only to serve our own agendas. Contrast this with great thinkers like Thomas Aquinas and St. Augustine of Hippo, who each taught that reason is at the service of reality. And because of this, the human reason can reason their way to truth. In John Paul's famous encyclical, Fides et Ratio, he writes, Faith and reason are like two wings on which the human spirit rises to the contemplation of truth. Millennia of Christians have held that faith without reason is brainwash and reason without faith is blind. So today, when you're thinking through an issue, ask yourself, is my reason serving reality or am I twisting reality to serve myself?
1: Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power,
0: purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And we are back
3: with more Real Presence Live, and we are talking about some pretty awesome, inspirational and uplifting stuff about the Emanuel community. We're having a conversation with Chris and Hannah Motz. Uh, before we went to break, guys, you guys, were starting to unpack a little bit of like, what, what is the charism of the Emmanuel community? What's, uh, what's it all about? What's a a day in the life look like? Do you guys live near each other? How does this all work? Uh, Hannah, go go Wait, ahead and yeah. launch us there.
2: Yeah, yeah. So um, there are some pillars of the Emmanuel community, and their adoration, compassion, and evangelization, and and really those are uh, there's like a stream of grace flowing through those, so from adoration, that time with the Lord, with uh, the heart, the compassionate heart of Christ, is born compassion, Mm. compassion for the world. Um, And then that compassion is what propels us out into evangelization. And these pillars have many different ways of being manifest in the life of the community, um there are all kinds of creative things that, that people have done, from an SOS prayer line to um, there was a, a ministry for um, kind of women on the street in Paris. Uh, there's been just infinite different missions of the community. But all of this is, I think when you meet a member of the community, what I always notice is just their joy. Mm. So there's just this, there's a um, an experience of joy that's born from from really Christ's love, uh, heart of compassion. Um, and there is within the community a big devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Um, and it's the community has actually been entrusted with, it was sort of a, uh, a forgotten shrine in Paris-Limonial, France. It's where Margaret Mary Alacoque mm-hmm. visions of the sacred heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so the community um, re- re-enlivened this old pilgrimage site and was entrusted with it. Um, and so ever since their, I don't know what year they were entrusted with mm. this shrine, but They've been putting on uh, like summer camps, and all kinds of life has been surrounding mm-hmm. this shrine. It's it's been brought back to life, and so within the community, there's this great love for the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Is I got to ask you, Hannah? Is that is that
3: shrine in Paray-le-Monial? Um, is that because I I, yeah. I have a great devotion to Saint Claude de la Colombière, who was mm-hmm. the the spiritual director yes. of Saint Margaret Mary Alacoque, and uh, you know, just yes. profound, uh, absolutely, I got to go there. Um, and so I'm, I'm wondering if I was kind of standing right around there uh, when That's we were right. Yeah, Yep. Really?
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you've seen that beautiful, mm. colorful mosaic of all of the saints surrounding mm. the Sacred Heart of Jesus that had devotion to the Sacred Heart.
3: Wow. Awesome. Yeah, it's a
2: beautiful sight. <laughs> well, um, it, the other kind of unique charism or, like, the of the community is the unity of states of life.
4: We're so I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, sorry. Our, our listening area <laughs> of over potentially two and a half million people, I, I bet about half of them are coughing feeling... Coughing right along with yeah, you, I think. Sorry.
5: I, 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 I could pick up where Hannah left okay, off yeah. there. So <laughs> what
1: Hannah was... Um, Saying is there's this unity of state and life that is sort of inherent to the charism of the Emmanuel community, and really coming from this name Emmanuel, God is with us. Mm. It really the the great desire, the charism, the gift that God has given is to be an icon of an icon of God's love, mm. which is an icon of communion, right? And so within the household, the Emmanuel community household, <coughs> you, you might have married lay people, you would maybe have single lay people, you could have consecrated celibate. So there are uh, wow. over 200 consecrated celibate women in the mm. Emanuel community, and also a number of consecrated wow. celibate men. And then you might also uh, find a priest or a deacon within an Emanuel community household. There are over 300 priests of the Emmanuel community, including a number of them in the United States. Mm. Uh, so there's this Within this sort of unity of states of life within the household, there's really a you you can be exposed to somebody who has different joys and struggles in their life sure and it it really um it strengthens strengthens the whole by just sort of uh seeing the 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 beauty, diversity and complementarity of the manifold gifts that God gives. um so the unity of states of life is also at the core of the identity.
4: Mm. Chris, I just love that because, you know, when you talked about the the three pillars, you know, adoration, compassion, and then evangelization, you know, that second pillar is so important for us as Catholics to really focus on Mm. because, you know, really, it's only the saints that knew how to be compassionate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's so, so important because, you know, we can get caught into you know, our Catholic life with, you know, rituals and community, but we forget how to be compassionate to the world who Mm -hmm. isn't part of our community, and we need to be able to reach out and be those evangelizers of our faith and the beauty of it. But if we can't be compassionate, we're not going to evangelize. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that's, that's so, so true, and that's, you know, and that's what, Uh, The way in which we understand our pillars, adoration, compassion, and evangelization, sometimes compassion can be very difficult. Mm. You know, we become maybe cynical or numb, but it's through that constant going back to Jesus in the Eucharist, that daily commitment to adoration that we undertake, where that compassion is renewed, where we receive Jesus' very own heart once more, and we get the courage and and the grace that we need uh, to be sort of uh, refreshed in compassion. Through that that daily time of prayer before the Blessed Sacrament.
3: So so, everyone that's involved in the Emmanuel community, they they have a commitment to going in the presence of Jesus every day.
1: That's that's our commitment. We hmm. um, we do a couple of things, uh, or we commit to a couple of things. One is uh, to praise every day hmm. to have a, a joyful time of praise. Uh, another is, insofar as our state in life permits us, to spend a long time in adoration every day, whether mm-hmm. that's in front of uh, Jesus exposed in the monstrance, maybe in front of the tabernacle in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, Hannah and I live down the block from a, a church and a chapel where we were able to adore, um, and to go to Mass every day, mm-hmm. uh, if, if we're able, if our state in life, you know, permits. Sometimes sure. It's not always possible, um, but those are some of the daily commitments that the community proposes. Um, to help her members grow in holiness,
3: hmm. I love it. I love the uh, I love the element too of joy. Um, you know, I think sometimes, we, uh, when we recognize the the goods of the sacramental life and the goods of the moral life of the Catholic Church, that sometimes we can actually become a little bit of a little bit cold in enacting them. Uh, within our families, it can kind of be, you know, rigorous and... It's um, my way
4: or the highway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and
3: and uh, it actually can become somewhat crushing, honestly, instead of life-giving. Right. And I think that, that, mm. that element of living out joy is, I, I think that's honestly, I know for me, that's something I really want to be a characteristic of our home life. Like I want, when my kids leave, I want them to actually enjoy coming back again at times mm. instead of like... Finally, feeling like they finally get to escape and go get to be themselves, um, and that experiencing really the truly the joy of the gospel, encountering the Lord honestly without it being some some sort of um, obligation or some sort of you know, regimented uh, imposed strict uh, hoops that must be jumped through, that it, that you actually encounter Jesus in His loving heart. I love that,
4: and and I mm. I cannot. <laughs> I, Everything Brad just said, and then some, it's like Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save us, and the gift that we're given through our faith is just something that you know, we don't deserve (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, and we are going to have kids that grow up and, and do their own journey, Mm -hmm. but we need to remain compassionate and loving and hopeful and welcoming because it's going to turn on a dime where they're going to go, man, I miss this man. I want this bad again, Mm -hmm. you know? So to keep our families and our homes, that place of welcome and joy and love and compassion. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I'm just so grateful that you guys are part of this Emmanuel community, and that joy is missing in our world. Yeah, and yeah. and so it's just so important to bring that out.
3: Yeah, we only have a couple minutes left here, guys, but I'd love to have you share um, like how others can learn out learn more about the Emmanuel community. Um, you know what? How you would encourage others to discover their own charisms and spirituality? Because I mean, I'm sure that you've had received many blessings through your involvement with the Emmanuel community. Tell us a little bit more about what others can do to kind of grow in this area.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, first, where people could find out more, there's uh, a couple of websites. EmmanuelCommunity.com is the U.S. website. Mm. International website is Emmanuel.info, and then you can click on English to get it displayed in in English. And um, two, two little places where people could go on the Internet to check out a little more. Just in terms of, like, what people might be able to do to discover their own charisms, to grow in their own spirituality. Um, You know, Hannah and I were talking about this yesterday, anticipating this question. I think we both would really just encourage people to be be bold in prayer and to be bold in asking other people for prayer. Um, You know, I think there are just so many of our brother and sister Catholics out there that that don't have somebody that they can, like, just regularly pray with Mm -hmm. uh, or who's praying for them. And so, you know, next time, you know, you maybe meet somebody who says, "Hey, will you pray for this or that?" Just be bold and say, "Yeah, let's pray for it. Can we pray for it right now? Mm-hmm. Can I pray over you? Can I pray mm-hmm. for you?" To just like be bold and mm-hmm. stepping out in prayer. That that would be our encouragement. Mm.
4: That that's so beautiful because that is when we ask for saints' intercession you know, that's exactly what we're doing. We're asking our friends in heaven to pray for us, yeah. you know. And so it's so important here on earth, <laughs> you know, that we're being those bold prayer partners with one another because there, there is um, such a loneliness and a heartbreak and despair that happens when you feel like you're alone mm-hmm. in a journey, you know. Yes. And, and so thankfully we have the saints we can invoke, but to have someone right, you know, eye to eye, or you know, yeah. uh, heart to heart, pray together. It, it is really beautiful.
3: Yeah, absolutely, uh, Chris and Hannah. It's just it is such a joy to be with you guys this morning and to to learn about uh, the Emmanuel community and this really uh, inviting way of of following the Lord together uh, in in community with one another. Um, I think it's just glorious. So thank you guys for taking the time to to be with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be with you. All right. Well, we are going to have to step away once again, but uh, stay with us for more Real Presence Radio. On the other side of this break, we are going to talk about how how can Advent enkindle our love for the Eucharist. So that's what's next. On the other side of this break, stay with us for more Real Presence Live right after this.
0: Live, engaging, and local.